Yo, I just want to let you guys know I almost hit the wrong button today. Sorry about it. Wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the first time. Yo, yo, I slipped out. Guys, we're having trouble. Listen, guys, listen, relax. I know you guys are seeing a handshake. Some, some of you guys are probably listening on Apple Podcast. There's a Christmas tree in our way. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We got our hats on. We got our Christmas sweaters on. It's the All Day Everyday Show in the holiday season with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. As always, powered by Dimers. And in honor of this season of giving, I'm not going to pick one book. I'm not going to pick BetMGM. I'm going to pick every single one. If you want to support the show in the season of giving, head over to www.dimers.com backslash ADED to directly support the show. You can pick bets. Books and bets like points bet, like BetMGM, like Bet Rivers. Um, Twin Spires is on there. Monkey Knife Fight is on there. You pick. I'm not gonna pick one for you today. You pick. Okay. You'll be directly supporting the show, and it means a great deal to us. We have some big announcements coming up for you guys in probably by the end of this week. You will know that. So by the time this is up, we will probably have a big time announcement out there for you guys mm-hmm. that is very very meaningful for us and what we're going to be able to do uh moving forward towards the end of this football season so definitely be on the lookout for that but without further ado let's talk about this wild weekend that we had um and uh let's do it man we got a reaction show tonight crazy yeah, fact. no it's funny we actually have, with the reaction show tonight i was thinking it was funny because with the show today we have the the jake paul woodley fight obviously and we have some analytics talk we're going to get into. But it's funny because like it could, it's going to apply to the reaction show too. But this is a nice place for us to get it all out and sure. interview out. And then the PNC Championship, we saw a lot of father-son duels balling. Like, there was a lot of publicity around Tiger, Tiger and Charlie Woods, which is 100% deserved. Sure. But there were some other dudes out there hitting some shots. So let's get into it with the, with the Paul Woodley fight. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. So a lot of uh, controversies have developed over these past couple of days post fight on well there was well we we obviously know there was that sixth round knockout from Jake Paul and the contra uh the controversies are starting to come up the conspiracy theories are starting to come up of oh well you can see his his hand he turns it like this and he turns his wrist twice before he actually throws the punch then there's other videos that are out there where it shows that Woodley doesn't actually get hit cleanly like he kind of like backs away a little bit and the punch kind of grazes over uh Woodley's mouth and his nose but he still falls and he gets knocked out so you tell me about that here's my thoughts on it we did a a conversation and a debate on jake paul after his fight against ben Askren months ago and what we talked about is that he needs to fight a real boxer he needs to fight somebody that hasn't manny's quote during that podcast was hasn't you know drunk a six-pack of ipas before the fight um for me i'm i'm and i was hating on him i'm like bro like uh, how can I respect you right now? Like, how can I, when you literally are fighting nobodies, you fought Nate Robinson, you you fought a YouTuber, you fought Ben Askren, and then you get Woodley twice. So I was hating on him. After this fight, after this fight, I have to respect him right now. Right now, I respect Jake Paul. I'm not going to say that I love him. I'm not going to say that I'm going to be rooting for him every single fight, but I respect him now from when I when I didn't when he post-fight against Ben Askren. And here's why. So everyone's going to say, well, he's not fighting real boxers. He's, he, he's a joke to the sport. Is he a joke to the sport, though? Is he? You can't say he's a joke to the sport because what is he doing correctly, right? He is bringing people to arenas and putting butts in seats. He is selling out arenas. He is selling out pay-per-views. And he is providing entertainment by knocking people out. 
So you tell me, what's he doing wrong? What is he doing wrong? He's doing everything right in terms of this sport. And, and <laughs> not now, now technically, technically speaking, he has a lot to improve on, right? And we know that. But in terms of everyone's saying here, say, sitting here going to say, you know, with the, oh, you know, UFC is, is so much better than boxing. There's much more entertainment there. It's not like picking and choosing, picking and choosing our rounds like Floyd Mayweather. He's changing that because he's bringing revenue in. And Canelo, Canelo is the highest paid boxer at the end of this calendar year. He will be the highest paid boxer. Who's number two? Jake Paul. In four fights. In four fights, he's going to be the number two ranked highest paid boxer. What? So, I have utmost respect for Jake Paul because of those three things. He's bringing in revenue. He's creating trauma and, and, and chaos throughout the UFC because he's watching, you know, Masvidal walk out and Nate Diaz walk out after he wins. And then he's calling him out in the press conference saying, I'm going to beat you. And give me Usman. Give me McGregor. Give me Masvidal. Give me Diaz. I don't think we need to go there. I would... And, and Masvidal responded to that by saying, come into the UFC ring, yeah. and when I bash you with some elbows, then we'll see how it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference here, and that's why Floyd didn't go to Conor in the UFC, and he had Conor go to him, right? So that's the same thing. So I don't really like that comparison. All I'm saying is, he looked like he had some power. It was a very boring fight leading up to that sixth round, but he looked like he had some power. He was able to take some punches from Woodley. Again, Woodley doesn't have like the boxer-type power, but still... He's getting his feet wet. He's experiencing these 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 positions of how I have to take getting hit and where I move next and how I how I keep my stamina built for eight rounds. And this was only an eight round fight. Uh, but I have I've have, I have to say I have to respect you, Jake. I'm sorry. Like for the people that are gonna hate on it, I I can't sit here and say I'm gonna bash you for yet another fight that was the second time you fought somebody. I can't. That's my that's my take on Jake Paul. I just can't hate on him right now. He's bringing in the money. He's bringing a lot of motherfucking attention to this sport when they need it badly. I feel bad for guys like Ryan Garcia. I feel bad for guys like Canelo. For guys like Tyson Fury. Because a lot of this, this attention is all on the UFC. And it's not in boxing. And I think as shitty as it is to say, you have to give Jake that credit that he is helping boxing stay afloat. Yeah, I don't... I, I just don't... I don't... Like, you make some good points. Like... Yes, we have to respect Jake Paul, but I don't necessarily respect him as much as as a fighter. Still, yeah, as a fighter, like if you, like I, I, I watched the fight back. Like that, it was a snooze fest through five rounds, but it was like Jake Paul's winning the fight, but there was a lot more ten nines in the first one, mm -hmm. way more ten eights in the first one. Tyson, I mean Tyson Fury, Woodley only threw four jabs again, and it was still a very close fight through five rounds. You can are you telling me Tommy Fury can't? He's gonna throw way more than five jabs, have way more of a plan. Better punches, probably gonna protect himself way more. I don't like it's Jake Paul is cool, it's good, you're doing your thing, but I still like I still need to see something. It's like it's like a, a basketball player, a football player, he keeps putting up these crazy stats for these teams that just aren't the best. Or a guy in college is like he's on a Heisman watch, but he plays in a D one on a on a low D one school and he's playing in the in the Mountain West, but he's tearing it up in the Mountain West. But it's like all right, I still need to see what you can do versus Bama. That's how I feel about Jake Paul. I'm not and I completely respect him. Great dude. I mean he's getting He's giving Woodley Rolexes and shit. They're dapping it up after the like, and after the match too, he had one part where he was like, "I'll fight anybody, anybody." Yeah, yeah. I told you I was gonna fuck him up. Yeah, I love all that, but I still think you need a lot of work. I think I, 
I just think when it comes down when you fight an experienced boxer, you're not gonna have five rounds to play with them. You're not gonna have you're no. not gonna have five rounds to be well, not your best. You're not gonna have five rounds to be out of shape. Like those guys are gonna hop on that. Tommy Fury seven and zero professionally, professionally. You could say the same about Jake Paul, but not the same context. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it really as professional? And and when it comes to Woodley and people saying that fight's rigged. When I first talked about it, we were on the phone at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I was about to, because we were saying, like, yeah, they were saying the fight record, and I was like, ah, yeah, and I started, I was about to go off, and I was like, all right, let me wait for the podcast. Right. But when I watched the fight again, I, I looked at the clips more and more, and I'm like, I see what you guys are going for, but let's be honest about who Woodley is. He's a UFC, he's a UFC champion. Probably one of the best chins to come through the UFC in a long time. A ton of pride. You see how he carries himself in the interviews, very stoic. Like, I can't see a guy like that being like, yeah, I'm going to hop on here and just basically pull like a creed fake knockout for a couple grand or half a mil whatever the fuck it is like nah i'm gonna come out here and fight like on short notice like fuck it i'm gonna because right. he's a fighter i don't know well so i don't like, I, don't, I, just don't, I don't think it could possibly i don't think people it could possibly are, be, i think it's i think it's one of those things where it's like really hard to rig too like this isn't like you don't just snap your wrist twice and he punches like it, it's way harder than that and you see how woodley's on the mat he is knocked out cold his body's twitching he was he was hard to that's knocked that's out before hard he hit to the fit. ground that's what people you talk know. about people talk about woodley dropping his left but uh, dropping yeah, his left that's hand out. but if you looked at round two he got hit with a wild one too jake paul went to the body and came over top so you know in the back of his mind after round two he's like i have to watch out for that one too so when jake paul's kind of faking at that body he's dropping his hand because he already got caught with a crazy one too so i i just don't think it was rigged moral story fight wasn't rigged jake paul we do respect you i respect your work you're a successful man i can't i can't hang on it i do need you to still fight better competition you're right the, the moral of the story is like we want to see a boxer but my last thing on everything is like you just stated people are gonna say that he dropped his hand and that's when oh he wiggled his arm twice his, his wrist <laughs> twice and then he dropped his hand and that was the signal to drop the hand the punch is coming if you actually see, he's not dropping his hand to his side. He's dropping his elbow to his rib cage because he thinks the body shot's coming. He doesn't drop his hand directly to his foot. He drops it to tuck it into his side so he can block that coming in. But it was just, a, I guess, a, a bad read on Woodley because it's not like Jake did anything. It's not like he, like, faked the body and then went up top. And we still got to give Jake Paul like, his respect for that because, I mean, he hits people with really nice one-twos. Those really nice combinations, He's and that's something some that, and that's and, and not even that, that's something that you hit him with that one two in round two, and then you know that like if you're a good boxer, you know in the back of your mind, oh I got him on something. Now nah, I know this is. I also open. just like. So I gotta show my respect for that. I just like where his head is right now. He did an Jake Paul did an interview, uh, and they were asking him about his thoughts on Canelo, and he was like, I actually didn't really like him at first, but I've grown to actually like his hustle, and he came from nothing, and he's now you know. Number one. So he's like, in a different world, a uh, different lifetime, I could see us being friends. But, you know, maybe three years down the line, the guy that's the highest paid boxer and the guy that's the second pay, paid, you know, highest paid boxer uh, can clash for like the biggest amount Don't of, that, of revenue Don't, ever. I, no, so I, that I, was I what he was saying. And no. I saw this clip on TikTok of Don't him. Do that, Jake. Um, oh my but God. so he, I think he was saying he There's wants three really years. Care about you, bro. He wants three years. Uh, to, to get to Canelo. Yeah, there's people that really care about you, Jake. You got families, you got brothers, you got a whole army of people that really care about your health, well-being, and if you're going to be a happy person. I just don't think you would leave that ring. The only thing person. that we have to worry about now... I don't think you could fight Canelo. 
I don't think you could fight Shakar Stevenson. I don't think you could fight Tank. I don't think you could fight Ryan Garcia. I, don't I think, think you could Tank would kill him. I don't think you could fight any of those guys. And that's Tank and that's not me saying you're bad, Jake. That's me just saying those guys those are that are, good. They're better, and they're yeah. in that bracket. Chill, G. Just chill. I think the I would love to see you try to fight some Golden Glove. Like fight the Golden Glove champ. You know what I mean? Fight, yeah. fight an amateur coming up. You don't got to fight the number one guy for me. I just want to fight someone that bo- wakes up every day and he's boxing. I he just goes think to the that gym and he trains boxing. This That's is going to change. Like, I'm eager to see if he loses. Where's the mentality? Where does he go? What's next? Right? Because that could change the whole outcome of what's actually in store for him. Because it's like. Most people are already thinking when he gets that first loss, it's like, all right, well, this this joke's up. This gig's up. I'm done. But judging how he's speaking, he wants everybody and he wants to fight everybody and their goddamn mom. <laughs> like, he's ready to just tee it up with everybody. That was the Jake Paul fight. We'll see what the hell happens with him next. Does Tommy step in now or is Jake officially moved past that? Um, we will see. Let's go to the NFL analytics and what happened on Thursday night football that eventually led to another controversial call on Sunday night um, with the Chiefs and the Chargers and then Harbaugh's call (laughs) against the, uh, the Packers at home. So take it away, sir. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, like, this argument as a whole is just getting old. And not because it's like it's been around for five, six years. It's because it's the same exact thing we're going with with baseball five years ago when it came with within the playoffs. We're subbing in pitchers every two batters. We're doing the shifts. Like we went through this before with baseball. My opinion, there's no re- – like if you're a fan of a team, right, and you're really emotionally invested with a team, there's no reason you shouldn't want your coach to expend every single resource he possibly could expend to win a championship. Now, on the other side of that, I do want to see coaches kind of have more intuition with their decisions, like not solely analytics, but I feel like we were seeing that. There's only a couple of coaches that come to mind when I think they're strictly just going for it on analytics, and that's Brandon Staley. And Dan Campbell's been a big one, but their team just fucking sucks, so it's not much in the limelight. But, I mean, the Chargers are hitting four downs at a 50, 58% clip this year. You're playing the Chiefs. Like, everyone's having the arguments like, oh, you take the points, you take the points, you take the points. I get it, but look at the Bills in the AFC Championship last year. Took the points on a 27-yard field goal to go in at halftime. Took the points on a 23-yard field goal at a halftime. They got – well, it ended up being closer than it looked, but I, I was 30, it was like 31-15 at a point, and they scored a yeah. overtime t- touchdown. It was over. You have to go for those situations against the Chiefs. That's that's something that's situational, in my opinion. Now, all the fourth downs they went for, I don't know. But there's a couple of them in the red zone. It's like, all right, we we probably should go for this. Like, they're breathing on our necks. They're, like, we, they, we're in a shootout with the Chiefs. Do you think he got to the point where – like, Brandon Stella, do you think he got to the point where he was like – all right, guys, like talking to his coaches upstairs, talking to his office. I'm in too fucking deep. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we can't miss another one. No, right? no. And, like, and, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, so you're already 0 for 2 or 0 for 3. Like, analytics, your team analytics say we get this 58% of the time. I'm going to have to, like, I'm going to have to live and die by the sword. In this kind of game with this kind of magnitude, I get it. Like, and, and when I get into the, the Harbaugh decision, too, it's like people are trying to come out of Harbaugh. Like, I think Brandon Staley, what he did on Thursday night was way more egregious and way more reckless than what Harbaugh did. Like, there was points where it was like, Staley, bro, you're doing a little too much. But Harbaugh, in my opinion, if you were going to go for two, go for two when it's 31 to 23 on the first Huntley touchdown. If you know you're going to try to go for the win anyway, because if you're analytics say if you go for two two point conversions, you're going to get one. So why not go for it when it's 31 23? If we get that, we don't have to score a touchdown when we come out again. Or if we I don't get like that, that thought process if we don't there. get that, we're going for two anyway. And then and we have Ravens fans fucking coming for Harbaugh saying you're ruining our season, this, this, and that. You really honestly wanted Harbaugh to kick a fucking extra point and give the ball back to Rodgers for just a field goal to win the game? 
Like or, or like because he's gonna get that anyway. Or, or then I, risk or risk know, going into OT with Rodgers. And then they get the ball first. I have a backup quarterback. I have to go for the win here. Like no offense to Tyler Huntley, but I'm not trying to go into OT with so Rodgers and Tyler Huntley's my quarterback. Not at all. So there's a clip that Ravens uh tweeted out after the game, and it's Harbaugh talking with Huntley, asking him, Do you want to kick the the extra point or do you want to go for it right here? Or like go for the win, he said. You want to go for the win. And Huntley was like, I want to win the game. So they go for it. And then uh, right before the touchdown, Harbaugh says, like, he says something like, you know, there is no past and there is no future. Basically meaning, like, if we get this here and we go for two, whatever happens, we're not thinking about the outcomes if we kick the extra point. We're certainly not thinking of the outcomes if we make the two-point conversion and then end up losing or winning or whatever. All of that stuff is this. We're in. We're in this moment. We don't care about anything before and anything after. So I like that clip. And then after they miss it, Harbaugh, you see him. He's like on his. Uh, he's he's crouched down and he just like drops his head to his uh, his chin to his chest, holds it for like two seconds, steps back up, and then he's just like you know pacing back and forth. Mark Andrews comes up to him. So that's the coolest part of the clip. And he's like, "That was the right call. That was the right call." And Harbaugh hugs him and he's like, "You know, you played your heart out today, something like that." And then he's like, uh, I, but I, I appreciate that. Like, thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Because he knew he was probably going to get some backlash by saying, like, look, we got to go for it. We got to go for it. We got to go for it. And then we miss it. And then we lose like that. But I love, like, the tenacity from the, the Ravens in these past couple of weeks. You looked at it at the Steelers, too. They a, went for it to win the game a as no well. Brain, like, like, see, the one part, the one part about that. That, that video you missed at the part of the end, that for, for me, the part at the very end, which is most important for me. Mark Andrews tells him that was the right call. They go back and forth. And he says, I love you, bro. We'll talk about it on Monday. I'm running through a fucking brick wall for that guy. Yeah. Like, you, they are homies. That's not my coach. That's not my superior. That's my guy. I want to win for him. Like, And you wonder why the Ravens have been out 26. I think it might be 29 players now this season. They've been out 26, 29 players, and they're right in the playoff hunt because they want to run through a brick wall for this guy because he's, he's putting his neck on the and line for us let me just- and giving us a chance to go for the win. And you see – and but this is where, like – Good decision long term, right? Because now my players are riding for me. They have my back. They know I'm. They know I want to put it in their hands, which any player would want. Like I want my coach to put it in my hands and give me a decision. Only thing about it is, if you watch that video, you could tell like when he's going around and asking the players. In my head, I'm thinking like he's second guessing himself. Like he wants he wants to just kick the extra point because you can tell he he asked Huntley and he's like, you guys, all right, you want to go for? It? He's like, all right, you want to go for it? Like, okay, cool. Then they flip to another point. He's like walking around. He's pacing up down the sideline. He's like, all right, he's like talking to the heads. He's like, all right, guys, are we gonna go for it? We're just gonna kick the extra point. Go for it, kick the extra point. Then he goes and asks Tyler Huntley and, and Mark Andrews again. He's like, all right, you guys want to do it? Because he's like, he's saying like, you guys want to kick the extra point or go for two? And, it, yeah, and that's but he's leaning like, towards like, going I, for two. I think you want. I don't know if you really want to go for this hardball. I think you kind of want to kick the extra point here, but I don't know. I still think it was the right decision. I think, in my opinion, it was a bad play call. I mean, we're kind of just putting like he wanted Mark Andrews to box out Stokes on the on the pylon. Stokes makes a really good play, but at the same time, it's like that's too that's too, like just too easy to read. Like we're just gonna roll out Huntley to the right once, and I have one read. Once Mark Andrews is in there, I did have Hollywood Brown on a deep over route, but Huntley's not that good to make that throw go into his right at full speed and go hit Huntley across the middle. I just think I think it was the right play. I mean, the right decision, but wrong play call. That's how I feel about it. And I just think honestly, with this analytics talk. It should be in the game. We should use every, like I said, we should use every single ounce of information we have. But it should not be the end of We should not live and die by it. We should definitely use our intuition and definitely there's situations that are situational. But, I mean, use your fucking resources. Well, if we also look back on, like, years in the past, 
guys are not, coaches are not going for two like that to win games. Like, right. we just haven't seen that in a long time. And the time. fourth downs. The fourth like, downs to me are probably crazier than the fourth. Like, definitely the, the fourth downs. I like, think the fourth downs to me are crazier because now you got to kick the extra point from 33 yards. So it's like, all right, like that. Yeah. I give you a little more of a pass. You want to go for two. But some of these fourth downs, like, but I mean. But it, these are more, I'm saying, like, specifically speaking of coaches wanting to go for two to win the game like right, we're not right, like right, right, right. we're down 29 we just got 29 and it's 29 to 30 we're not tying this game we're gonna go for two and win 31 30 right um something like that and i we just don't see that and then you look at not too long ago ravens steelers a couple weeks ago they did the same thing and they missed it so that's what i'm saying i love the tenacity from harbaugh and these ravens because not many teams are just taking that gamble and taking that shot of saying all right we're either going to win it right here, right now, or we're going to lose it right here, right now. We're not going to overtime. We're not doing that stuff. And I, and I trust in you guys. Yeah. Like, if you guys tell me you want to do it, I trust yeah, you guys. We'll do That's it. why you see, like, Mark Andrews, I love you, bro. They're running through a brick wall for this guy with backups and third string. And then how about in the beginning of the season, earlier in the season, exactly. when, when Lamar was, like, you know, in his MVP talks and he was leading game-winning drives, and there's, like, clip, and he's like, you want to win the game? I want to win the game, coach. So we're versus, going versus, for it. Versus Chiefs. Yep. So, like, it's things like that. Where I think this team has really shown that you can go for, for winning those games. And, I, I mean, it's been probably since, like, for me, 2011, 2012, 2013, when I was really seeing teams going for it to actually win the game. And now we're back seeing Ravens do that kind of stuff. We're seeing more fourth-down conversions. I know the Eagles in 2017 were big on fourth-downs yep. with Dougie P. So seeing them. these teams that are able to convert on fourth-down, it's, it's it's changing the analytical side of that. I so. like in, in, in my honest opinion, like, I mean – it's better from a viewership standpoint, sure. first of all, but th- that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But I mean, I think it's it's better in certain situations. Like there was a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football, uh, it was the 49ers versus the Rams. I don't know if you really remember, but it was kind of a blowout. But the the, the, the 49ers had the ball on their own or the Rams' four yard line it was fourth and five, and then one of the guys on the Monday Night Broadcast said, I think it was Levy, was like, "Analytics say to punt it here." Ah, no, they don't, Levy. Next play. Jimmy G hits Debo Samuel across the middle for a touchdown. The game's over. That's kind of that's why you go for it right there. Like the percentages raise up. Like and you've seen. Like let's not talk about the Chargers misses. Let's talk about their makes. Even the first time they beat the Chiefs, a lot of aggressive fourth down calls. They've changed a lot of outlooks of the game. Like you could be watching the game. It's like okay, fourth and six. Like we get a punt here. Like Chargers are probably gonna go out and lose this game. Nope, we go for it on fourth down. We get it. And now they change the whole dynamic of the game. I do think though, my final point with the Chargers and Staley is like you got to just feel out. How my team's playing today? How are we looking in the trenches? Like if we're gonna if we're gonna be going for it so much on fourth and one, let's invest a shit ton in our trenches. Let's invest a shit ton into a, a running back that can get that every time on fourth and two, fourth and one. I think some game just like all right, our guys are getting beat in the trenches. We can't get anything up the middle. They have a really good plan for my wide receivers today. Kenny's not getting going like he's supposed to. I can't hit Mike on these one on ones. Maybe we should slow down a little bit today. That's just my final thought. Let's just add a little more intuition into it. But I do like the numbers. Yeah, it is cool to talk about the numbers, too, because we haven't really talked about, like, numbers and stuff. Usually for our NFL conversations, it's a lot of breaking down the games and what happened in our reaction yes. show. Uh, so we're digging into a little bit of this aspect as well. So we will close today's show with uh, the PMC Championship. And a lot of the, the show was stolen by the Woods family because Team Woods um, had – the father of the duo, Tiger Woods, actually was able to play. And since the February car crash where we thought he was going to have a prosthetic in his leg and he wasn't going to be able to really swing that club the same ever again, he was actually able to come out and play. And he's come out and said prior to this that he wasn't 
going to be 100% to compete in, in, in the big-time majors anymore and the big-time tournaments. But things like this he can do. And if you watched closely, you could see he was limping a little bit. Wincing. He was a little gimpy here Oof. and there. And um, he was riding in a golf cart a lot. And he said after day one, he would have liked to be out there walking with Charlie and having that same conversation of what we have to do here, what we have to do there. Because Charlie's 12 years old. Tiger's still his coach right now. So to, to have that, you know, space of Charlie's got to just walk with the caddy and do his own thing, stay in his own head and, 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 and grind. And Tiger's like, I'm kind of using my cart. I'm, I'm picking up the balls for Justin Thomas's dad. And Justin Thomas, if they spray it right, I'm going to use my cart to go get those balls. Um, but it was a little bit different because he wasn't in sync with, with Charlie the entire time. So we'll highlight, you know, the, the recaps of it of Team Daily with John and Little John were able to walk away with the win. A lot of that was really taken a lot of the day, personally, from viewership-wise, not a lot of the dailies were shown. I think there was a little people bit disrespectful. There was an agenda against the dailies, and people just wanted to see. I think was. so too. I think so too. Um, but seeing Tiger out there able to play again, um, it w- made it all worthwhile to watch. And watching Charlie is just—I mean, he took over social media. He took over the analysts talking about golf. I mean, he is twelve years old, hitting the shots like this. It, it was um, the second to last hole for them. A par three, water on the left, and he kind of has to play it like a baby draw, and he does just that. He lands left of the pin, and it lands about six feet from the hole and rolls another two feet, and he's tucked in nicely, and they make a birdie. The story of the day for the, the for Team Woods is they birdied 11 of their last 12 holes, and that they were just one shy of, of tying the, the, the tournament record of you know 12 birdies in a row, but... 11 birdies in the row. They finished out the front nine, birdie, 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 and then birdied the next six on the uh, on the back nine. And it was funny, after the day one, Tiger actually said, um, I think we're just going to have to birdie the entire back nine. And they literally, in, in day two, and they literally did just that. So we need to just have some comparisons here because Team Daly and Team Woods are, are much different. Obviously, age-wise is what I'm really hinting at here. Charlie's 12. And little John is 18. He's a freshman at uh, University of Arkansas. So, and he's a very good golfer as well. We've been following him for a while. He played in the PNC last year. Um, he's got a great swing. And seeing some of these videos of him breaking down his swing, how he's able to make that quick minor adjustment, and I'm going to hit a draw. And then I'll make that quick minor adjustment right as I set up. I'm going to hit a fade here. Um, things like that. And then you see Charlie. And again, the kid's 12 years old. And he's on one of the biggest stages. People were talking about this event as being like the, the the win of the year. And for Tiger, it would have been because again, this his crash happened in February and he wasn't able to play. He said uh, in an interview with NBC afterwards, he said that this was probably only his fourth, fifth, maybe sixth time playing all year. So to come out in four or five, six times, you're limping on your leg, right? Um, and you're able to play like this. Almost you, chipped in a couple times. Yeah, the 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 last to if he chipped that in, then we're almost looking at a playoff, I think. Um, but I, you know, yeah, I got to be happy for for Daly and and Little John. Um, and then and then let's look at our our third place guys. That was Justin Thomas and his father. So there was a nice little leaderboard there um, of the guys that were there, and it's cool because a lot of these guys, these professional players, are playing with their kids. Henrik Stenson was playing with his young kid. You know, Tiger's playing with his young kid. Daly's playing with his young kid. Justin's playing with his father. Like, that's so cool. So to see some of these guys that, um, you know, we haven't really heard of their names, 
and they're in the in the in the, uh, in the leaderboard in the top ten. It's cool to see, and it was a great event. Um, and I'm just happy to follow Charlie. So one of the key things that Tiger did say, and like I already mentioned, is he won't really be playing in those big events. I don't know, based on how he played this weekend and the shots he had, he definitely still has it. The power definitely wasn't there, and that's the biggest thing that a lot of fans notice as well, seeing him in real time live, is the power wasn't there. And you could tell. He said, I'm, I'm going to need a lot of, of Charlie's drives. Charlie was able to pipe it down the middle every time. So, um, but maybe that's a little like, all right, if he was able to do this here, a little busted up, and he does some training, gets back, maybe that me not playing in another major is not officially completely off the table. So we might still see that. But if that is, you know, if we're not going to see Tiger again, a lot of the, the, the spectrums on social media were, that's not the last time we're going to see a Woods in a major. Facts. And then the other, you know, question that that brings up is in six years, and Charlie's 18, seven years, eight years, nine years, he's in his 20s. Is Tiger Woods going to be on the back? Is Tiger Woods going to be on his back? That's my question. I can't wait to see that. Hopefully he can walk, like, right, and, 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 and not have that pressure of doing all that walk with a heavy bag, you know, for four or five hours every Sunday, every week, you know, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but that would be super cool, right? You got Tiger Woods as your coach, and I'm already this good at 12 years old. And one of the the last, one of the, you know, final things after we can start debating on it um, is Tiger said, I saw this is another TikTok clip. That's why I love that stupid app. But it's a, it's a interview, and Tiger's like, look, so, you know, Tiger, Charlie's 12 years old. And one of the th things that I always tell them is if you're playing at home with your with your, your friends and your buddies or if you're playing in a tournament or if you're playing in front of a whole TV crew like this weekend, that shot is still going to be the same shot every time. That shot's not going to change. It's an eight-foot putt in front of a TV crew on national television on Sunday in red. That's still going to be the same putt if you were doing that with your buddies or you're playing in a, in a tournament for amateur. It's the same putt. It's the same driver, same chip shot, it's the same iron shot. So all you have to do is filter out that the, the, those negative thoughts in your mind. There's things like that. And when he said that, I'm like, that actually makes so much sense. Because it's so much easier when you know you have like one or two people watching you and you get a little a little bit giddy that someone's watching. And Charlie's doing that, it's the same shot. I'm not hitting that shot four feet on a baby draw with water on my left at a par three to make the final birdie to put us in contention on the 18th hole. He's 12 years old doing that. So all he had to do was just filter out that, that, that white noise that they say, right? And he was able to do that. And I think that was one of the key quotes of the weekend. Obviously that, you know, I might be back, but two, Charlie's able to fight out this noise. He's 12 years old. Little John's 18. You, like, that's when you know the goat is the goat. When his kid is 12 years old playing on this stage. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I think we're like we're still overlooking that fact. That's all I'm going to say. But I think we're overlooking that fact. He's 12 years old. And he was a part of 11 birdies in 12 holes. Like, who? It's just the Tiger Woods blood. That's what exactly it is. That's what it is. Nah, it's, it was so dope to see Tiger. We just don't know how many times like we're going to be able to see him. And I remember we were down here watching it together when he, on the interview when he said he wasn't going to play anymore. And like... I like have was speechless. Yeah, it's like weird. that's just, everyone that's everyone's guy. Like mm -hmm. and so you have to soak in every single opportunity you get to watch Tiger. 
I think it's really cool. Like you see the social media clips of like he's the way he's just looking at Charlie, hits shots, and he's smiling at him. They're giving each other like little fist pumps. Charlie's got swagger. I'm like that is cool, bro. And and what you said about that, like Charlie just has it. Like I saw it, like because I feel like. He's 12 years old, so he's doing things at 12 years old that are just fucking insane. But yeah, I, I think real. it is crazy that, like, after the first two times we've seen him on TV, I see his shots now. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that, that, there goes Charlie. Like, yep, 350 down the middle of the fucking fairway. Yeah, that's Charlie. It's on the 17th, I'm at the water to my left, right on the pin. Yeah, it's Charlie. Another one, part three, hits the bank at the top of the green, rolls and it right rolls back down. And rolls all the way back. Yeah. Little fucking troll at the end. Yeah. That's Charlie. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't even really get surprised. I don't have to tell anybody. I don't have to tweet. Like, he's just cold. I do love. And I wish they showed more light in this. I do love John Daly out there with the flow going, a little Siggy, the gut out, hitting some balls, darts on the green. I, I wish they would have showed it. Maybe it's not. Maybe that's a little too. Uh, maybe they didn't watch. Can't show it on TV. Yeah. They golf etiquette. I, quote unquote. I mean, come on, guys. Like, how do you guys golf on a Sunday on a Sunday afternoon? That's exactly how we do it. Maybe not a cigarette. Maybe a little Bloody Mary if you want one. Or for sure. Me, a little Orange Crush. Sure. But I love to see that. For me, though, I mean, Charlie had an amazing shot, and it probably was the best shot of the weekend on 17th. Yep. JT came up. So his pop, Mike, hit one on the middle. Easy to go. I can go for right here. He lines up full to the right, hits one over the trees, bomb, smack on the green. Like it was nothing. I was – maybe because it's JT, he's a pro, and Charlie's 12, and Charlie's going to do – but guys, Tyler, I need that video up. That is a fucking shot. Yep. Like that was, and 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 that's one of the coolest things about tournaments like this, when people are playing with two people. Like, you probably don't see it as much in the Ryder Cup. Like more of a tournament like this, where it's lower key and like it's not much of a prize. But like, you guys were going for that shit, bro. And it, and, th- and there were some shots this whole weekend that were wild. It was a hell of a tournament. Like, kinda... This was an exhibition too. So that was like the other side of this too. Is this was like this was not this didn't mean anything for stats right. or points or whatever the hell. We're just going for that. We're shit. just going to play, and then. It's like wow, this almost turned into one of like the best events of the year, and it was, Wish there was a, a goddamn exhibition. And for Tiger, after you know everything that's happened this year, this would have been something to, you know great to cap off the year. But it wasn't really about that. Like you can see how these fathers are looking at their kids when they're playing with them, because who doesn't want to go out with their father or, or for if you're if you're a parent who doesn't want to go out with their kid and and play golf regardless of if it's on this big stage or if it's just a random Thursday afternoon. But for these guys, I get to have fun with my kid for back-to-back days, live coverage, right? And we just get to go out there and have fun. And that was the biggest thing for Tiger that he was saying to Charlie. We're just going to go have fun. That's all we're going to do. We're we're able to play together. Let's have fun. I wonder how much we're going to be seeing because Charlie's 12. Yep. So he probably can't really compete on the tour for what, like minimum six, seven years? Yeah. he's So like, I I feel like these TV networks are going to like, we need – more of Charlie. Like, I don't know if this is going to be like him in a match with like Tom Brady and them or something. Cause that, like, you know, that we don't would, know how actually, much we don't no. know. We don't, cause but it's, it's unfortunate because we don't know how much Tiger can play. So it's so easy for networks and NBC and then to be like, Oh no, Tiger's playing all year. He'll yeah, have something, hold with, on a he'll have something with Charlie, but can we see a Brooks, Charlie duo, a Peyton, Charlie could we duo? See, could we a see Steph Curry, Charlie duo? Could we see a, a John Daly and little John versus Tiger and Charlie on capital no, no, ones, that, the match. Now that, no, that's something that we would need. I, that's something that we would need. Could we see that? That's something that we would need. TikTok, let me know, bro. I don't know if FanDuel wants that because I think a lot, I would be sprinting to bet on Charlie so fast. But I don't know. They, they I mean, the Dailies did. Win, I would. The Dailies did win. Did win the exhibition. I just feel tournament. like they wouldn't want John Daly's like demeanor of like the cigs and all the I drinking so, out there. I think that's so like he has one ah, of the craziest life stories ever. He's I, lost 
between fifty and sixty million dollars in his career of gambling. Like, I, 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 I love it. <laughs> I love like it's insane. I bro. think I think Don Daly like. I think he should kind of be spotlighted more just for being a human. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of people that are on the grand stage that were the best at what they did at some point for a prolonged stretch of time. And then you see them like, oh, he is a human. Dad bod, Marlboro red in his lips. Like, he is a regular dude. I personally love it. Calling his shot. So there's a video. The out there. Where was his Diet Cokes? Where were they at? Yeah, that's the, it's exactly. Uh, I've been seeing a lot on TikTok of more just clips from John Daly talking about, like, his experiences with Tiger. Um Throughout this weekend, he actually, they were asking him some questions of his rookie year. And little John was with them, and he was watching the whole tape on his um, on his iPad, and they were just talking about it. So he's like, yeah, you know, this season, you know, my rookie year, I was able to win, you know, the championship at the end, PGA championship at the end of the year. And I had already secured my, uh, my tour card for the next year. So I was already in there. But this was like one of the greatest things to cap off you know, that year. I already got my tour card and then I win this event. There were 60,000 people there. So this was just such an insane moment for me. And you see how young he is and he still has like those ugly like dress slacks on yep. and like that ugly long, like it's a longer sleeve college shirt. Goes down to like his elbows. Um, he's got, he's still got his mullet. It's like bleach blonde. Yep. He's much skinnier. Uh, but he shows now, he shows like, you don't have to be that athletic build, right? He's drinking. Who's fucking my fault? Whose dad was out there at 86? Someone, there was an 86 year old man. My fault, bro. There was an 80. Like yeah, this, I don't. This is one of the crazy things about that. Because the, the, the PNC was like that. Like you said, like Harry, like Henrik Stenson's pops out there. Like there was people out there. This dude was 86 years old. I'm pretty sure he drove the green on one part four. Or it might have been a part three and he just had a hybrid out. But I was like, yo, there's really some old heads out here getting busy. Like it was so cool to fucking see, man. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, you know, you look at these pictures from these events and. Again, it's it's all about like the family thing. So a lot of it's like, yeah, it was really cool to win. That's the thing that John Daly said. It's really cool to win, but we had a great time. Exactly. Like I'm out here with my kid every day for these this this week preparing for this. And then we get to go on like one of the biggest stages. And it was almost treated like an actual like event. Um the they were Tiger and Charlie and, and Daly and Daly were tying the course record Right, this on on Sunday they both tied the course record, um, one away from beating it. If they if Tiger Charlie could have got that last that last birdie on eighteen to have twelve birdies in a row, which would have been another tournament record there. Um, but it I just can't wait to see more Charlie. I can't wait to see what happens with Tiger. Is he going to be able to play? Like I said, um, he's only played in a couple of events this year. Only played a couple of rounds of golf this year, regardless of the events. Yeah, and, I don't know how that rehab process goes. Like. Cause you have to walk the major, right? Like you can't. Like, yeah. Well, not gonna, so like, would they accommodate? Like you they know would. What I'm they would accommodate. Um, not to it towards the end of Daly's career, he was uh riding around in, like a little cart. Okay. Okay. Um, so like, no, we could. I mean, it's a possibility. But it was like it wasn't like an actual like traditional golf cart. Like it was one of like the bag wasn't on or anything. He still had a caddy, I think. Um, uh, but it was one of those like one of the carts that like they drive around the events. Mm. Like it looks like mm -hmm. one of those like gators almost. Mm -hmm. It was one of those That's that he was dope, driving dope. around. No, nah, but I feel like like, cause it's like. Is it worth it? Like, I get it, Tiger, because you see him, bro. He's taking tee shots and he's going on to get his tee, like, on his leg and he's just wincing. Oh, yeah. He's, he's it, limping it sometimes. Like, if, like, in his mind, like, if it's not for Charlie, like, how worth it is it? Like, unless I'm trying to go out to win one more Masters or right. something, or like, but like, I don't want to be wincing like this at a Bermuda Championship and limping trying to fucking chip on for, like, I, like I, I'm good, man. I, I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. Let me coach my son to be better than me. I which, think we need to, like, see more events 
like more of these events. I like, think I, I think don't it's, see I think it's great for I think it's great for golf. It's great for TV. Like some people, I think I think it's easier for the public viewer to watch such a laid back event. Yep. And like I can really laissez faire watch this through. Like I can I can miss nine holes and just go check it on Charlie and be cool. I'm not missing anything. I'm not. It's not really too important. I don't need to be following golf before this. Know what's going on. I think it's it's a great way to go grow the sport. Like I don't I. I want to I want to see more of this. I was gonna say when you were talking in my head, I'm thinking like I wish ESPN would pick some shit up like this. Like I know it's the PNC Championship, but maybe like we'll see Charlie in a match or something. But I want to see more golf. Like like you say on the biggest stage, like how it's the biggest stage as far in golf in the tournament. But I want to see on the biggest stage in sports. Like, let's get this shit on ESPN. Like let's get yep. more matches. Well, it was there. fun. I mean, this was and this was also played in Orlando as well. I didn't mention that at the beginning, yep. but um, you know, I I just off like the top of my head when I first turned it on, I'm like. What are they? Are they playing in like Arizona this weekend, or like where? Orlando. So that East Coast time. Yeah, we have out a too. we have a weird we have a weird thing too going on. Where we kind of like slightly predicting. So if we see a match between like the Dailies or Charlie, I Coast, honestly think we need a percentage. Yeah, for the right. marketing, like we we had the idea, boys. Like Capital One's the match. I could see Charlie and Tiger against Daly and Daly, and be that so would fire. be unreal. I mean, how, like... Or even, like, could you imagine, like, the little guys versus the older guys? That could be, like, the Bryson and Brooks. Because, Easily. like, Daly could, like, fire it up where he's going to trash talk Tiger. Oh, my God. And, about, like, about everything. It could be, like, a damn, like, like a, a fight press conference, yep. right? And it could be, they could sell the shit out of it. Yep. And then it's, like, my kid versus my kid and me versus your kid and you. And the craziest thing is, if Tiger and Charlie beat them, again, last thing I'm saying, but this is the third time I'm saying it. Charlie is six years younger than John Daly the yes, second, so. bro. So like, 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 yo, like John Daly's like John Daly's a hell of a golfer. Like, imagine division, when Charlie's his age, bro. What? That's what I'm saying. Like John, what? John Daly is a Division One golfer, like a very, very fucking good player. Like, do you think he just knows in the back of his mind, like, bro, this 12 year old is over me? Like, yeah, this over sucks. me, bro. Over like, me. I, it's like I've been over putting, me. I've been putting in all this time. I'm a Division One golfer. I'm dripped out, and this 12 year old with the little, little fucking flow coming out of his hat is just way over me. This shit. My sucks. favorite clip of the week was I think they were practicing putting on like the 12th green. Yep. This is the mm-hmm. this is day one. Also, their fits were awesome. Um, obviously we saw them in Sunday Red, but I like that like that the black pants and the peach that they wore. I was gonna Nike say I knew peach. I knew you liked the same. I like that that yes, whatever sir. peach or salmon that was. Yes, I really like that color. So there's a clip of them they're practicing like on the 12th green. And Justin Thomas and Tiger are watching, and Charlie puts it, and then he looks like it's going in, so he lifts the the putter up just like his dad always did, and um and it goes in, and then Tiger's laughing and Justin's laughing, and then Charlie puts up the money sign like this, and he's like, "Give me my money." So uh, I just I love that kid from this kid. It. He's got he has it. He has the swagger, and you know. He's he's built for the big stage. He's built for the big moment, and to be and on camera like that. One thing I like about him too, him. not never too high, never too low. For nope. like a twelve year old too, like I know for damn sure, me at twelve years old, if I put a shot within as close as he's been putting shots in, I'm getting hype. I'm yelling and shit. No, nah, I'm cool. cool. Yeah, he I've been, just I've been here before. And then walk right down. It was caddy. fun watching him have some misses because one, it was funny. Like he's tough on himself. Mm-hmm. We saw a couple where like he put one in the water on Sunday, um, and he just kind of like looked away. as okay, but. He would put, he put like a driver and I think he like faded it right a little bit. It was still in the fairway, which was like on the right side. And after he gets done the swing, he like does a, you know, takes his club back like that and just like jerks it back across his body. And that was like him like mad at himself. But like, bro, you're still in the fairway. Like, so that's what I love that from this kid. He's still so hard on himself. 
but he's in it's it was still a great shot um but he's so hard on so if i love this kid i can't wait to see more of him um and and hey capitals won capital won the match you know where to find us give us a percentage <laughs> just for the marketing we got you we started the hype we started the hype before you guys started the hype. Hey, hey that's good that that clip is going on tiktok at is right on. now i mean the, the the daily daily and woods woods showdown is going to be fire next thanksgiving uh on black friday uh, but all right, guys, that's going to wrap things up for this show. Yeah, we got to get ready for a reaction show. We got to get ready for a reaction show. We have two games, uh, two football games tonight with COVID being weird. And once again, uh, we will have an um, – I almost, almost said it. Yeah, that, NFL, that NHL just shut down for the season, right? Holy yeah, I, I appreciate shit, it. bro. NHL just shut we down for the season. We will have an like announcement, that. not an E-word. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, we have – yeah. God damn, that COVID, I just like just rolled off Omni, easy. Omnicrone. Uh-huh. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. <laughs> Merry oh fucking Christmas, boys! Yeah, wow. Uh, but we will. We on that note, we will have an announcement coming out by the end of this week, probably. Like I said at the beginning, when this video is out, you will see that announcement. So this is going to be huge for us. It's going to be huge for you. Um, and we can't wait to get it going. So just be on the lookout for that on all our social media platforms, starting with Twitter at ADED Podcast and Instagram as well. We just hit 400 on there at ADED Pod. The TikTok is the name of the show, the All Day Everyday Show. And the Facebook page is the same as well. Um, we streamed for the first time in three months, two months last week on Twitch. That's just the all day, just all day, everyday show. Uh, it was good to get back on there. We're watching some games. We're betting on some games. So come, ha- come hang out when we stream again. We'll notify you guys on the social medias if you're following those. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. Let's talk about YouTube. And it's time to get ready for another show. If you made it to the end of this video, I appreciate you so much. I'm hoping you're having an amazing Christmas and a happy, happy holidays. All me and Alex want for Christmas from you guys is a like, comment, subscribe. Yes, we do. Notification bell. It's the All Day Everyday Shows. You know, we're All Day Everyday Show boys, we're grinding and signing off. Signing off. We will see you guys from the reaction show, Apple, five, Apple Podcast 5 Star Rating. You've been listening to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and the homie Manny Ruffin. My name is Alex Jacobs. But you can call me all day, AJ. We probably won't have this Christmas tree up for the next show, so enjoy it. See you later.